Carson, I've got a question for you. Shoot. <laughs> Let's say I'm dating a girl. Okay. And I got I got to come up with a gift for her. Oh, diamonds. Because I think she's great, and I want to make her happy with me. And, like, specifically in this situation, I'm planning on making her submit to my dominance. Oh, my God. So what kind um, of gift do you think would you recommend? Oh, wow. Um, Jewel-encrusted dog collar? Not bad. How about, what if, let me run this by you, what if I killed her father and then gave her his skull? Ooh, did you turn it into, like, a soup bowl or something? Maybe. Like a... Ooh, no, what you can do with it is you can turn it into, like, definitely a bowl, but put condoms in it. Welcome to Big Time Whoopsies, a podcast about incompetence. My name is Eric McAdams, and every week I tell you, the listener, and a friend of mine, a story from history involving massive incompetence. Today, my guest is returning guest, Carson. Say hi, Carson. Hello, everybody. Anyway, Carson, you gave me some 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 relatively specific parameters for this story. Yes, I did, because I'm high maintenance. <laughs> and I am nothing if not eager to please. So... <laughs> I, I, my, my parameters for this one was it had to be about a murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had to be about, uh, before the time of television and preferably yes. way before in the time of say antiquity or yes. somewhere around there. And I think I found one because I went through a lot. I had some trouble you finding. Did. I'm so sorry. Cause I was going to do st- the stories of Lizzie Borden and Belle Gunness. Oh, I love Belle Gunness. But then you had to go and be knowledgeable and know about <laughs> so those sorry. things already. <laughs> well, Lizzie, uh, they're just so cool, and I love my true crime podcasts, so yeah, I knew about them. If you knew about those, I had to probably go back further, because I had to be out of the <laughs> realm of like easily reportable stories. Yes, I wanted to make this as difficult for you as possible. That's okay. I don't really like being challenged, but I accepted it this time. <laughs> and I, I briefly considered the murder of the brilliantly named Eric V of Denmark. He, uh-huh, um, that's you. Yeah, because it's my name. His, his murder involved people dressing up as Franciscan monks, stabbing him to death, and then the conspirator was exiled to an island where he went on to become a pirate. That's... what? I want to hear about that next time. Yeah, well, I was going to tell it to you, except I just told you every interesting thing that happens in that story. Oh, the rest of it is, like, he was killed because, like, he was annoying or something. Yeah, like, really, it was just because nobles weren't happy with him. That's all that happened oh. there. He was, like, they he was getting too powerful or something. They made him sign, essentially, Denmark's first version of the Constitution, actually, called the Hand That's Fastening. Cool. Um, uh, I'm sorry, the what? Hand Fastening. That's... Oh. I don't know how to pronounce it, like, you know, 
for Danish, but it literally look it like it means hand fastening, the, and it looks like hand the fastening. hand fastening. Yeah, that sounds porny. Yeah, and it's supposed to be their first constitution, but all it really did was just give the nobles power. Mm, Not really like the populace. Interesting thing how you know the rich will do anything to stay rich mm-hmm. and keep their power. <clears throat> yeah, and so the the coolest part is a guy named Marsk Stig. Uh, suppose like this is not true, but supposedly King Eric slept with his wife, and for revenge, he had these Franciscan monks or people pretending to be Franciscan monks kill him, and then he was he was found to be guilty, even though he actually probably wasn't, and he definitely wasn't involved, like in the actual stabbing. That's super weird. And then he became a pirate. Yeah, like like a Yohomi Hardy pirate, or like like a, a... like a raiding the Danish coastline pirate. Ooh, so like, oh god, you never imagine pirates in like cold weather. Yeah, it's you never imagine pirates kind of in anywhere but like that early 1700s Caribbean setting. Yeah, it's always like pirates of the Caribbean or it's Vikings. Yeah, that's or, that's it. Or the Somalian pirates from a while ago. Uh, fans of big time whoopsies should check out the pirates episode that I did with my friend Andrew. I need to check that out. I'm sorry, I haven't listened to it yet. It's That's okay, Carson. I forgive you. Thank you. They, I tell you three stories of pirates who didn't do so hot, and then I tell you the story of the greatest pirate of all time. Which one's the greatest pirate of all time? I'm not going to tell you, Carson. Jeez. God fucking damn it. Okay, well, I guess I just have to listen to the goddamn podcast. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Fucking yeah. All right, tell me about this murder. Because I am nothing if not bloodthirsty. So I finally settled on this story, which uh, I think will appeal to you because it's set in the 6th century of Europe. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's my shit. It's, uh, it's got elements that were definitely fictionalized and turned into like a saga more uh, than yes. the actual history of it was the case. But the saga's good, so I'm going to tell it to you. I love a good saga. So we're in the 6th century. We're in Europe. We're in the kingdom of the Lombards. Ooh. The Lombards are in it. the Pannonian Basin, which is kind of where a mixture of like where Croatia and Slovakia and Slovenia all meet. Oh, so they're like deep in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way I could describe it. Oh, just, they just they just deep in it. Just all up in it. They're balls deep in <laughs> they're it. They're just mixed up to the hilt. Oh my god. Okay. In that, that kind of no man's land of Central Eastern Europe. Yeah, so they're like balls deep in Central Eastern Europe, land of sadness. Yeah, which is what I uh, titled my Facebook album for my most recent vacation. <laughs> land of sadness? No, <laughs> balls deep in Eastern Europe. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so... Uh, the Lombards are a Germanic tribe. Uh, they're warriors in these days. They fight for territory a lot. And in the uh, 550s, they are in a drawn-out conflict with the Gepids. Gepids. Which is, yeah, Gepids. Bepis. <laughs> <laughs> the Bepis, yes. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> uh, the, the Gepids are a little bit, I think, to the northeast of them. They're both Germanic tribes. And they, they like to, you know, scrap it out for territory once in a while. Love a good scrap. You know, like they do. Mm-hmm. Classic. I'm going to tell you about the two royal families of these two tribes. Please do. On the, the Lombard side is King Odoin, 
And he's got his uh, son named Alboin. Alboin. Al Alboin. Alboin. All right. Tell him more about Alboin. Alboin? I hardly know him. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh was so evil. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have joked too much about the name because you're going to be hearing it a lot. I'll remember it. Great. The Gepid side has the king uh, Turisind. He's got a, one son named Turismod and one named Cunimund. Cunimund. Yeah. Very French sounding. I guess. I, I don't know, know French pronunciation. It just makes me think of a Cunigond from the fucking... I don't remember. I don't... Fuck it. Keep going. <laughs> Thank you for your input, Carson. You're welcome. So there's Turrison and his sons. There's Odoin and his sons. We don't know a lot about these people because it's fucking 550. That's fair. Not exactly fair. the time of record keeping in Europe. Yeah, not exactly the time of, like, literacy or caring about others. Yeah, it's a time for killing people named Turismod. Woo! But we do know that they hate each other. They've got a real bloody history going back to previous generations. They've been fighting each other for a long time. And it's 552, and the Lombards are winning. Good for them. They are occupying parts of traditionally Gepid territory. The fighting is getting bloody, and it's, like, upsetting the whole region. In a pivotal battle, Alboin kills Turismod, the Ooh. elder son of King Turisind, uh, in a resounding defeat for the Gepids. And not only that, the Lombards are a little friendlier with the nearby Byzantine Empire. Oh, yeah, it's nice to know them. <laughs> yeah, it's... They're, they're like the... They're the people you want to know. Yeah, they're the big boys. Lombards are friendly with them, and so when Emperor Justinian sends troops to the battlefield to negotiate a truce so peace can return to the region, they mostly side with the Lombards who get to keep the lands they took from the Gepids. So this is why I know I've heard of the Lombards and I haven't heard of the Gepids. Partially, yeah. The Gepid. I, I guess I can say this, spoiler alert, the Gepids don't come out so hot in this story. Oh, poor Bethus. <laughs> oh no. Pepsi versus Coke, man. <laughs> Bethus versus Coke. <laughs> Bethus. Pepsi's just as close to that as Gepids is. God. <sighs> oh. Drink Bethus. We're going to flash forward a bit now <laughs> to the 560s. Gepid hatred of the Lombards has only increased, and now Alboin, the, the prince who killed the other prince, he, uh, he's king of the Lombards. His dad died. Oh, sad. And uh, Cunemund has taken over for the Gepids, because his dad died. Dad, death. <laughs> That's it. That's all, folks. <laughs> That's dad the whole death. cheer. That's what I say when I go to every baseball game. A lot of dads would probably hear that at a baseball game. Yeah, I was about to say, that's not the best place to shout it. Or, it is the best place. True. Pissing off as many dads as possible per square foot. That is all I want, is to piss off every dad. Except for my own. So, Alboin is a hero to his soldiers, right? He is yes. a naturally gifted tactician. He's a good fighter. He killed that other dude. Good job, Alboin. Yeah, he's also real greedy and has a very high opinion of himself. I wonder why. He's allied with the Byzantines already, but he wants more. 
Ooh, more. Yeah, he allies himself with the Franks for good measure. He even courts and marries a Frankish princess. What's her name? She doesn't really matter. Cause... Okay, that's fair. Here, I can find she's out a if woman? you want. Yeah, I would like to know her name. Just her, her. name is her name is Clothsind. Clothsind. Yeah. Yeah, we really didn't need to know her name. Yeah. It's, I Normally I can remember stuff like that, but I had to look that one up because it was kind of a handful. Poor cloth sinned. Yeah. She's not that important. Um, they have one child together who is also not that important. <laughs> oh my god. So, so, you know, it's just important because he marries her and they're allied with the Franks now and they're on good terms. So That's good. the 560s come along, the conflict heats back up, the Lombards are growing too powerful for the Byzantines' taste. Knowing that they, they're like, oh, these guys are kind of getting a little, little big for their britches. We don't really mm. like what, that, what's going on there. They definitely said big for their britches, too. That's period accurate. Uh, Cunamund allies with the Byzantines by promising them resources. And with their help, he invades Lombard land. Mm-hmm. So by 565, open war resumes. Oh, perfect. Love it. Open war. Yeah, that's the best kind of war. Agreed. You don't want a closed war. That's like a closed adoption. I, for one, always compare adoptions to war. Adoptions are like war. I'm sorry, I've been watching a lot of SVU, and so the first thing when you said open was closed and then adoption. Gotcha. All right. (laughs) Tell me about this uh, open war i love how tv shows can just poison your brain oh i'm a cesspool yeah i'm a human cesspool don't worry about it man happens to the best of us uh what was i talking about you were talking about open war yeah 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 and the lombards yeah albuin realizes that he's lost the byzantines as an ally that sucks so what do you do when the big powerful dude isn't your ally anymore cry (laughs) <laughs> i thought you were gonna come up with something else but that was that nope, was points a through z that's my my reaction to a lot of things especially um heated arguments and debates that's why i cannot talk about important things at bars because i will end up crying oh, no. i know this from experience i started crying in the middle of a bar like two months ago i hate bars i can't stand them where the fuck was I? You were still talking about open war. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't even gotten to, like, anywhere close to the murder. Oh, murder. Yes. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fucking monster. Like, I... Okay, so, the thing I do at my, my job that I have now is, um... I'm a plumbing dispatcher. Okay. Um, don't don't ask me how I got that job, but I spend a lot of time working with spreadsheets, and so I get to listen to podcasts, and I just listen to true crime podcasts, like, for eight hours a day, and I learn about all these gruesome, terrible things, and... And you just want more! Okay. Yes. I don't know why... I think, no, I know why. It's because I am such a nervous person uh-huh. that I'm constantly afraid that I'm going to die. And so when I leave the house, 
I already feel like someone could kill me. Uh-huh. And, like, listening to these, like, podcasts is, one, a way to, like, prepare myself and think, like, okay, like, so if this happens, like, I should be really, like, wary or some shit like that. But also, I just am fascinated by just really fucked up shit, like, the psychology behind, like, serial killers and just, like, I don't know. I think it's really fascinating, like, to know, this is gonna sound so fucked up, to know that there's that depravity out there is somehow, like, I feel like it puts my problems into perspective. Like, but, I may... Okay, what's, what, okay, what's getting me, though, is, like, you, you say you do this for fucking eight hours a day. And you have, like, one request because you're going to be on a podcast. I'm assuming you're not doing, like, a million other podcasts in your spare time. I'm assuming this is, like, the one podcast you're doing. No, actually, I get paid to do podcasts. <laughs> no, this is the one podcast I'm doing. Kind of figured. And with your one request, you go for more murder stories. It's what I know. And it's, 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 what, it's what's interesting. Like, I, I'm not alone. You know, actually... It's it, what's really interesting is, I I get a pretty even mix of guys and girls on this podcast as my guests, and guys tend to be like, yeah, we'll do whatever, and I t- I tell them a story of like you know wars that shouldn't have been started, or mm-hmm. like some or sports teams or fucking I have like this whole range of things. The most consistent thing I get asked for with female guests is murder stories. Oh my god, I love it. With with my first my first time I had my sister Lily on here, I did a story Lily. of a serial killer. Um, <gasps> Which serial killer? Rodney Alcala. Wait, you told me about him. When my friend Lillian came on the podcast. I think she was the episode right after you, actually, um, the first time. Oh, cool. And I did a serial killer special. I did like four different serial killers who got off too easy. Yes. I've I've never understand. had a male guest go like yeah what I want is like a I, I'd be really down with a murderer for my story. <laughs> I'd be really down with a murderer. Okay, so I listen to my favorite murder a lot, and it's uh-huh. that podcast. It's these two like women, and they're both comedians, I think, and they talk about murder, and their listener base is mainly women as well. And mm-hmm. it's like I I don't I haven't like fully thought this through. It's a thing. I feel. It's a thing. I feel like it's, like, the fascination with, like, true crime Mm -hmm. is that, like, when you're in a position where going outside and, like, just being visible in public is something that is inherently dangerous, Mm -hmm. that hearing about it makes you feel less alone. And, like, trying to understand it and trying to understand, like, the mentality behind, like, Ted Bundy is, like, just so interesting. Hmm. But also, I have so many friends who, like, are like, Carson, why the fuck are you listening to this? It's fucking scary. I'm like... Yeah, and there are also, like, plenty of dudes who are real into... Oh, yeah. Tell me about Al... Al Bowen. I tried to say Albion. Al Bowen. <laughs> Al Bowen! Albion. It's actually spelled like the exact same way. You just switch the I and the O for Albion oh. and Alboan. Tell me about Al. 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 Call me Al. So I asked you what you would do uh, if a big, powerful ally stopped being your ally, and you said cry. 
Al Bowen took a slightly different approach to this. He instead goes to the Avars, who they, they were a nomadic tribe and, and this in the same area, and they were very hungry for land, and they are very full of warriors. Oh, wow, that's quite the combo. Yeah. With these, and they, the Avars are looking to increase wealth, so they kind of go like, all right, we'll help you if you give us half of the booty you get from war, if you give us 10% of the overall, yeah, I know. I was reading this Wikipedia thing, and they kept <laughs> using the word booty to refer to, like, anything got from war. And I was like, guys, you clearly do not use this word in any other context, and I know yeah. what kind of person you are because of this. Just say spoils. Yeah. So they, I, so, and now it's inf- if infecting me because I said booty. booty instead of spoils of war. So they, they, they do war. this for half of the spoils of war and uh, other payments that Alboan and the Lombards would give them. <laughs> With these allies, he's able to hold off Cunamund and the Byzantines. Good and job. the Byzantines start to go restless because remember when Cunamund said he would give them resources? Yes. He didn't do that. That's... Not nice. Yeah. So they just step out of the conflict. Uh, but the Avars don't, and so the Gepids are alone. Oh, poor Bepis. <laughs> uh, Al and his allies sweep into their land. and Al's just, allies. Yeah, Al and the allies. Al's eyes. Mm-hmm. They, they just sweep into Gepid territory. They just destroy them. Uh, the Avars, in particular, kind of complete the, the destruction of the whole kingdom. Good job. Kunamund, in one last-ditch attempt to stop the Avars and uh, the Lombards from joining forces and becoming one straight-up army that would just fucking railroad them, in one last-ditch attempt, Kunamund dies at the hands of Alboan. Oh. So Alboan kills Kunamund and then kidnaps his daughter, Rosamund. Oh, that's a pretty name. And this, and I named her because remember that last one that I didn't name? Clothsin. Clothsin. She's dead by this point. I told you she oh, didn't matter. Yeah, Clothsin really doesn't matter. That sucks. That's a fine. How do you do? But I named Rosamund because she does. <gasps> Alboan marries Rosamund to ensure the Gepids remain loyal to their, you know, new overlords. The, the okay, Avars fair. and the Lombards. Good bargaining chip. Let me tell you about Rosamund a bit. So, she was raised a Gepid through and through. She mm-hmm. was the son of Kunamund, who was the son of... What's his name? She's his son. Yeah, fuck me. Sorry. <laughs> <sighs> She's the daughter of Kunamund. Daughter of Kunamund, who was the son of Turisind. And yes. she has had... She was born into this conflict, basically. She has watched... Her forefathers, her grandfather, her uncle, her father, all fight against the Lombards, and several of them get killed by the Lombards. And now she's married to one? And now oh. Albon has forced, is forcing her to marry him to this ensure... This should be a movie. The loyalty. <laughs> so, this conflict has raged since she was born. It's pretty much all she knows, so she is not a fan of the Lombards. I would hope not. And, Unless she really hates her family. And it's fairly apparent that for her, the war is not yet over. Uh, and there's one tale that might not be true that supposedly ignited her rage. Ooh, do tell. So this was, this comes from Paul the Deacon, one of the guys who wrote the stories of the, the history of the Lombards. And this was a time where, you know, you could just write fucking whatever and call it history. It's true. Yeah. It's true. 
So take this with a grain of salt, because it probably didn't actually happen exactly the way I'm going to tell it. But supposedly, after killing her father, Kunamund, Alboan did something fairly customary that his new allies would do, the Avars would do when they killed someone important, which would mm-hmm. take Kunamund's skull and turn it into a drinking cup. Oh, shit. That's so cool. <laughs> ah, I Carson love it. is into it. I am a monster. <laughs> Tell me more. So he defeats the he defeats this whole kingdom, takes Rosamund as his wife, and supposedly at a feast after this to ensure that to to show everyone that she was submitting to him and that the Gepids would be loyal to his oh, no. people. Oh no. He offers her wine in her father's skull and oh, said, honey. Drink and be merry with your father. Oh my god, that is holy fuck. That's that's some cold shit. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. I love that. <laughs> that's like oh oh my god. Uh Amazing. So whether that story happened or not, Rosamund was bent on revenge. Good, good job, good job. Yeah. See, the thing is, I feel like people expected... Alboan definitely expected her to just, like, at this point, look, you drank blood... You drank wine from your father's head. Like, you're not gonna step to me. Yeah, that's like... We've already gone as far as we're going. I can be comfortable with you. Just oh my God. stay in in my castle. Oh, get him, Rosamund. Instead, Rosamund comes up with a plan. While Alboin led the Lombards to Italy, they were actually getting pushed out by the Avars by this point. Because the Avars were like, hey, we like having land. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, get a little too big for their britches, Yeah, huh? so while just... Alboin is becoming more and more of, like, a hero king to his people because he leads them to northern Italy where it's, like, much easier to live. Yeah, it's, it's like, nice there. Yeah. There aren't avars there. There aren't avars there. It's kind of warm. There isn't, like... It's controlled by the Byzantines who are pretty soft. There aren't any vampires. <laughs> I don't think they really had to worry about that. They definitely did. Okay, Carson. I feel like vampires are a big worry. So while he's dealing with that, and while they're conquering part of Italy, she meets with his foster brother, who's a powerful noble in his own right, a powerful Lombard noble. His name is Helmichus. (laughs) That's a dumb name. Yeah. (laughs) Helmichus. Uh, Yeah, Helmichus. Helmichus. Watch out for Helmichus. Oh, God. I don't know why I imagined a little mouse with, like, a, a needle for a sword going, yeah. Hell, Mikus. Gonna get you. Gonna get your toes. Oh, God. Okay, I'm sorry. Please continue. She maybe becomes his lover, Hell, Mikus, Maybe. Uh, and convinces him to help her kill Alboan so he could usurp the throne. Ooh. And with one ally in place, she only needed one more. This part of the story... This... We know that she allied with him, but the next part of the story, again, strays back into, like, fable territory. And what she did next was she disguised herself as a servant. She goes up to one of Alboan's tougher bodyguards and seduces him. 
Ooh. Yeah. She's really just like using her feminine wiles. Yeah, I I think at some point after you drink something out of your father's skull, you just kind of like, you know what? I'm going to do what I got to do. Yeah, I feel like that's a, a good response. Once she sleeps with him, she reveals who she is. And she goes like, if Albone finds out what you did, he's going to kill you. Oh my god. So you had better help me, otherwise I'm just going to tell him what happened. She's so sneaky. <laughs> I love it. Once she has this guy in place, she uses Helmicus to make sure that the that Alboan's sleeping chambers are not guarded and has this servant, the, the I mean the bodyguard, who has who may not exist, this guy, but she convinces this guy to sneak into Alboan's bedchamber and kill him while he sleeps. Oh my god, wow. And he does. Good good for him. Certain stories have Alboan like waking up and realizing that he has no weapon and then he dies anyway. No weapon. Yeah, you know how, because like... Tune in next week. A lot of the stories like, oh, this hero king, all he did was force this woman to drink from the skull of her father, and now he is betrayed! Oh my god! Like, who could have foreseen this? No one! No one could have foreseen (laughs) this. Oh my god. So, Alboan's dead. Alboan's dead. Alboan is dead. Damn. Helmicus tries to step in and become the new king. Yeah, I was about to ask, what does Helmicus do? He's like, hey, everybody, Albon's dead. I know y'all loved him a lot, but I'm going to be the new king now. To which the uh, troops said, nah. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, the, the thing that uh, Rosamund and Helmicus didn't count on was the fact that the troops of the Lombards really loved Albon. They were big fans. Mm. How could you be a big fan of Skull Drink Boy? Well, he didn't do it to them. That's fair. And plus, women didn't matter, so... Exactly! Never mind. And he led them to Italy, and Italy's great. Yes, he is the man who brought them olives and olive oil. <laughs> um, and other olive-related products. Olive-related products. Limoncello. Um... Probably some wine, but, like, wine was everywhere. How Are, are we just going to keep naming this, or are we going to stop soon? We can stop. I, I'll stop listing Italian things. Thank Pizza! You. Sorry. <laughs> Immediately breaks her word. <laughs> Pizza! <laughs> Pineapple pizza. So, they did not count on the troops being loyal and not accepting Helmicus as the new king. And so the two of them had to flee. Oh. They, they ran away to Ravenna. The two of them. Oh, Ravenna's nice. Uh, some say they just killed each other immediately upon getting to Ravenna because once they exit the story here, their people, the storytellers weren't that interested in them because they're not killing Alboan anymore. So really, what's the use? Yeah, no one cares about wrapping up this this tale. Yeah, so the details are scarce. Supposedly, Rosamond tried to seduce another guy in Ravenna for to increase like their political capital. Helmicus wasn't happy when he found out, and so he poisoned her and then himself. And I don't Poison really... is a woman's weapon, Helmicus. Yeah. Tell him. Nail him to the fucking yeah. wall, Carson. Yeah. Don't that's it. That's all I had. Alright, okay. I don't think that actually happened. That's a little Shakespeare to me, to 
That is a lot. And he poisoned her, and then himself, because he couldn't handle this woman who cheated on her husband to be with him not being faithful. Yeah, that's like, ooh, that's a surprise. Yeah, I was once again, not no one that. could have foreseen. Oh, God, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and that's pretty much the end of the story of Alboan and Rosamund. Well, hot damn. Alboan, Rosamund, Helmichus, uh, Bepis. Wow. Sorry, I'm just like, I'm taking it all in. Yeah, let's just let's just have some like mindfulness here. Let's just let this sink in. Moment of silence. Quaker moment of silence. We can make it an ASMR podcast. <laughs> just listen to us think silently. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucked up. I love it. That's a big time whoopsie on all their parts. <laughs> they all made huge mistakes. They're like the Bluths. The Bluths of Eastern Europe. Oh my god. The Lombards. I think. Hmm. I I think I prefer this story to the, the last one. This one was definitely shorter. It was shorter and it also made me less existentially sad. I, lo- I, lo- I love the last one. But this is also... I thought you'd be into the last one because it was like this grand tragedy. I love grand tragedy. I obviously like I'm I loved this one. This is a tragedy as chick drank out of her dad's skull. And not as like a fuck you dad thing. It was like a I'm being forced to do this terrible thing drink. Yeah, but she got him back, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Get it, girl. I said and she got laid a lot along the way. So Yeah, she her. did. She definitely she did. She got hers. I hope it was fun for her. Yeah, and, like, at least some of them were supposed to be, like, big, tough guys, and... Mm. Mm-hmm. And if she was into mm. that. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. Yeah, maybe she maybe she, what she really wanted was some, like, tiny artist. Tiny artist. I just feel like he'd be more... I feel like he'd just be more into me. And... God, I hate Albuin. Yeah, he kind of sucked, huh? Hey, Albuin, suck it. That's how I feel. You from... tell him. I want him to hear me from the grave. Oh my god, what if he haunts me? He's only been dead for 1,400 years. So. Yeah, he really doesn't care about people talking shit about him. But now I feel like I'm being watched. <gasps> By a ghost. A very angry Lombard ghost. Yeah. And he was like a big dude. He was like a warrior. He? he killed like all these people. <laughs> oh lord. Yeah. What if, okay. Because it's like this, you know, it's one of those, like, big stories. There are all these, like, paintings of it, like. Oh, no. You can look up paintings of, like, Rosamund and Albuin. I'm doing it right now. All right, okay. Images. Whoa, there's one that's, like, a very, like, it was definitely done in the 50s. It's very stylized. She looks like a, what's her face? She, she looks like Jane Mansfield. (laughs) and like he's got these like creepy like pointy nails and he's holding this like skull and she's looking at it like he's just offered her like a shit ice cream cone yeah there are a lot it's like fucked up here do you see it oh wait sorry i wasn't looking at your screen how dare you look at that oh yeah (laughs) her face 
It's, I know, it's ridiculous. It's like, fucking what? It's like, it, uh, <laughs> like, uh, no. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, I beg your pardon? And she's like, dressed like super hot, too. So it's, it's just all very, I'm I was all it. dressed up. Yeah, it's like, I got dressed up for this, and now you want me to do what with my father's remains? Like, I, th- you know, I thought it was just gonna be fucking, you know, conquest and sex, but like... Yeah, this this is not what I signed up for. I didn't even <laughs> sign up for this. You just had to bring this. in this, like, kinky shit without even asking me. Yeah, come on, man. So, at the end of every big story about incompetence, Carson... Yes. I'd like to do a little story about competence in an absurd way. <gasps> Tell me about absurd competence. I actually had this this pickle for the knowing ones lined up for you well before I picked the main story. That makes me so happy. Pickle for the knowing ones. Pickles. So we're gonna we're gonna fast forward hundreds of years from <laughs> from the sixth century of Europe. That is the uh, canon sound of time travel now, ladies and gentlemen. It is most definitely. We're gonna go all, all the way to the distant future of the twelve hundreds. Oh, so far up there. They had, like, what, spindles? That's that's some wild shit. Tell me everything. There was a guy named Richard. Richard. Richard de Southchurch. Richard de Southchurch. There isn't much known about him, and he survives mostly because of what historians think was probably a practical joke on his part. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> That's how I want to survive. Yeah, it's a very good joke. <laughs> Richard de Southchurch and his very good joke. This is the tale. <laughs> Read for you by Don French. He was a knight. He was uh, he was a landowner. He was the High Sheriff of Essex. You know, that that has its name. Sex. That means we got a lot of it. Yeah, in England in the 1200s. Rampant. <laughs> okay. Orgies all the time. <laughs> I mean, we don't know. There probably were. I mean, we also don't know, but there probably weren't. That's true. But if television is to be believed, those people had great skin, perfect teeth, Mm -hmm. never shit in trenches, and... Or just, like, on the fucking street. (laughs) Oh my gosh! You're right. Oh god, ew. Ah, okay. Please continue. Uh, he was involved in the Second Barons War. Wikipedia will tell you which was a brief civil war between King Henry III and members of the aristocracy. Lovely. And uh, Gilbert de Clare entered London with, with his forces. Gilbert. The king, Henry III, had to set up camp over at Stratford and besiege the capital. Fucking Stratford. And Carson, let's say you were besieging London. Yes. Most definitely. Let's say it. What would be your, like, preferred weapon? Are you talking siege weapons or personal weapons? Either and both. Either and both. Oh, that's what I like to hear. Okay. So I'd say siege weapons, grappling hooks, 100%, flaming arrows, um, and a big ass, like, the, the wrecking balls. So... Those things. I, I feel kind of cheated that I never, like, got to live in a time where grappling hooks were, like, a real practical thing that you could use. Yeah, I think we've definitely been cheated out of grappling hook use as modern people. I don't know if it's worth dying of dysentery. 
you know. But it's like. I would definitely suffer through a bit of diarrhea just so I could use a grappling hook. Mm. That's probably fair. I think so. So grappling grappling hooks. hooks. That that would be your number one. That'd be your go-to. Yeah. Um, But like, could I have like flaming grappling hooks? I feel like that would be. I feel like that kind of defeat the purpose of the grappling hook. It would, actually. I just want, like, to throw things on the end of a rope that have fire on them. Why would you... Wait, wait. Why would you be on the end of a rope? So that I could, um... uh, Okay. Bring it back to you? It wouldn't be on the end of the rope. It wouldn't be on the end of a rope. It would be on the end of a chain. All right. And it would be just a big ball of flame. And so I could toss it, let it burn out a little bit, reel it back in. It's like a... A flame fishing rod, but you don't want to catch anything. You just want to kill the stuff. Okay, all right. Well, you're on the right track with fire. Oh, I like fire. Good. Uh, Richard DeSalichard had a, had a fun idea for what he would do to besiege London. What was his idea? Because orders uh, were sent out to the sheriffs of Kent and Essex to procure supplies for the royal army, says Wikipedia. Naturally. And since uh, that's what he was, he was the sheriff of Essex, he asked for requisitions for, you know, food, the basic stuff, chickens and eggs, linen for bandages, ropes, that kind of thing. chickens, eggs, linens, ropes. Shit, I can't even think of anything else you'd need. That's all. Well, he thinks thinks of one more thing. One more thing. He's going to ask, because his, his requisition order ends with uh, picks and caltrops and spades to lay low the walls of London, and finally of cocks. Forty what? and more. He wants cocks? Like chickens. That's a lot of cocks. Forty and more, to whose feet, he declared, he would tie fire and send them flying into London to burn it down. Wait, that's like that... The, the guy from Marco Polo does that. Does he? <laughs> yes. He sets a bunch of birds on fire. And then sends which them is people? Genius. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Genius. It's like, it, it's, it works. It works. You set the birds on fire. You send them flying. And they kill everyone. <laughs> that, was, that was the plan. There is no record that this actually took place. The, uh, <sighs> the, the firecock assault. Ha. Cock. (laughs) But, uh, so, and so historians are kind of, they kind of go like, yeah, this was probably a joke. This was probably him being like, just putting something funny in. Oh, that's funny. Oh, medieval jokes. I love it. But for hundreds of years after that, it was taken as 100% serious. Like, they used flaming chickens at this, in this one fight. Oh my god. I love that. So that's Richard de South Church and his flaming cocks. That That's the perfect punk band name. <laughs> that's the um the companion band to Alley Richard and Allies. DeSalle Church. Oh my god. Richard de South Church and the Flaming Cocks. Oh my god. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's a good pickle. Yeah, that's why I figured you'd like that one. Yeah. You, you you know me, man. Well, I had very specific instructions. Yes, but I did not give you instructions 
about flaming birds. So thank you for finding me some flaming birds. You're welcome, Carson. That's the end of the podcast, though. That's the end of the podcast? Goodbye! <laughs> Do you have anything you want to plug on the internet? Should I tell them your Twitter handle again? Um, my Twitter handle is at doll bunion, like Paul Bunyan, but a doll. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and very intricate. Am... Thank you for explaining. Thank you. Thank you. I am nothing if not thorough. Um, I have also started selling um, cross-stitch and embroidery projects oh fuck so if yeah. you'd like thank you if you'd like to commission something go for it i just shipped out five orders today nice yeah it's really fun i've done a lot of um office quotes <laughs> people have really been into that i did um dwight <laughs> get out of my expecting. nook yeah you expected something else no i just wasn't expecting i've done a lot of office quotes yes um <laughs> I've done Dwight get out of my nook, Dwight you ignorant slut, and then um well 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 how the turntables, and that's it. Um, the uh, those are the like. If there is one thing I've learned is that the Office and Parks and Rec are like huge cultural touchstones for a very specific set of people. It's very true. My name is Eric McAdams. You can find me on Twitter at AudaciouslyYours. You can find my personal website, NoCharacterIsSafe.com. You can find my other podcasts on the MajorCast Network, which include a news roundup called Sunday Morning Hangover Cure. Uh, And you can, I guess, find me on ScreenRant.com now. That's a thing. Love it. Look up my author page and how many views my posts have gotten, because that's a thing on their author pages. Say goodbye, Carson. Goodbye! I'm Tom Lockney. And I'm Liam Sr. I really like video games and internet culture. And I like movies and TV. And every week we research a true story from our preferred mediums and tell it to the other person. It's super fun and it's great. And even when it gets a little intense, we find the laughs in it, damn it. Lots of learning, lots of laughter, sometimes bummers, but lots of friendship. Media Majors, every Monday on the Major Cast Network. Thanks for listening to the Major Cast Network. Stay fun. Stay nasty and stay major.